I hate marketing. This is this is a thought that sort of just occurred to me in the last uh, two minutes. Ah, everything's. I I think maybe when you move in certain circles, everything's kind of the same. On LinkedIn, it's the because you can't have like titles of posts. You can't do on any social network. But for whatever reason, on LinkedIn, the Vogue right now is one line title. So just like a sentence. And then because of the way LinkedIn uh, crops posts and if you have a photo or an image or whatever or a link, it's usually not then you're not going to see the rest of the thing. So like that, that one line is all you get. And so everybody's taken to like writing that one line as a title. And then it'll be... <laughs> my uh, my friend Emma um, has this thing about LinkedIn line break syndrome. I think I think it's the full name, and it's this this propensity for people on LinkedIn to speak in very short sentences, and each sentence is usually really a fragment, and is separated by two line breaks, and so everything is like a mini paragraph, and it's meant to be read with that. This is impactful. This is knowledge. This is real. These are emotional beats. Can you feel it? It's in the rhythm. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. It's all the <laughs> thought leadership has got a lot to answer for. And it's, um, <laughs> uh, it's kind of the arena that I've chosen, uh, to do my work. Um, because there's, there's so much good stuff that happens in it. But there's just, there's a lot of, it's not toxic, but there's a lot of uh, fluff around it. Um, like I was talking about yesterday, the day before, like how everybody adopts thought leadership language. Um, and, and as a pattern recognizing machine, like, you know, you can't help but, but see these things. But yeah, so you've got link, you've got that, you've got uh, Twitter, everything's threads now. If you want to, if you want to do marketing on Twitter, it's all about threads. Um, Facebook, no one, I don't, no one cares. Uh, Instagram, I don't know what's going over on Instagram. Actually, well, Instagram's a hot mess at the moment, isn't it? Because they can't decide what they want to be. Um, but yeah, and then email. There's lots of email newsletters, and that's all fine. But I don't know. I just got a real like. I wasn't thinking about much. Well. I was thinking just I've got a thing that I've been trying to pimp out and it's sort of the last the last day of of it being pimped out and uh I don't know it's all it's it's just it's and I I'm I'm sure many of us have felt this like you make a thing you do a thing you just want people to know about the thing whether it's uh you know I had a friend who made christmas cards I had a friend who or a guy I used to work with who was making uh he was making his own custom designed greeting general greeting cards and then I think he was doing family portraits and anytime you've got these kinds of things it requires a whole marketing thing and all the marketing right now just and again it's kind of part of the sphere that I'm in kind of feels the same. Like, how do you bust out of that? 
if everybody's doing the same formula. And that's and that's maybe an interesting thing as we explore today. <laughs> um around if you're a pattern recognizing machine maybe all you see is the pattern and not actually the content that's an interesting thought i wonder if that's a thing like i all i see is there's one of those posts again there's another twitter thread you know, this is something designed to make me do a certain thing, to click, to engage in a certain way. And there's yeah, there's degrees the, the the sort of degree of cynicism that I'm approaching it with there is you know because it's it's a pattern. No, it's a pattern because it works. It's obviously a pattern because people engage with it. Twitter threads work because people engage with them. I think it's a bad system. It's a hack. Um. You shouldn't have to arbitrarily just break up your thoughts into the... But, you know, it's interesting for concision, right? It's it's an interesting exercise in concision. Um, but it's a, ba- it's, a, it's a hack, right? It's not by design. So, um, whereas the LinkedIn thing, I don't know. I, 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 it's interesting to, to approach that from that perspective, I think, and go these moments where... We get frustrated and we see, well, that's just the same kind of thing that someone else is doing. And if it works, that probably means you are someone who recognizes patterns quite well and you're seeing the pattern. You're seeing the, you know, the the makeup of the material. You're seeing the um the molecular structure rather than or even, you know, the the chemical compounds rather than the thing that makes the thing, <laughs> you know, rather than the thing itself, right? You're seeing the you're seeing the chemical compound of the uh, of 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 the grain of salt. I mean, that's just that's just two things, isn't it? It's uh, sodium. Hang on, I'll I'll get there. It's something sodium, sodium chloride? No, it's NaCl, isn't it? Na being, yeah. So that that would be sodium chloride. Hmm. Anyway, you get you get it. This is the lighthouse. Hi. Um. Very happy that you're here. My name is Mark, and I shall be here for the next twenty three minutes by my clock. Of course, your clock will vary slightly because I've already introduced the program in the beginning, which adds a number of seconds. I think it might be thirty. It's quite a long intro, but I like the sort of the swishy waves and the and the nice calm bit of music. I think it's it's nice. And today is sort of good news slash wellness Wednesday. It's well, everything's fine Wednesday. Um, so why don't we have ourselves a little check in? Let us ask our hearts today. What 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 is our emotional center? What would our emotional center like us to notice today? And how can we help? Does our heart is our heart yearning for something? Does it want something? Or is it glad for something? And it just wants to let you know. 
is it trying to tell you something and you you know that we can now give a few seconds to to let that voice be heard let's give that a go so Should we have a look at what is in the news as it pertains to sort of good news and things, positive, positive news things? I think we shall. So we have our little collection of uh, of nice bits of news. We have some UNESCO stuff. We have. Uh, First collegiate fleet to go unleaded. Oh, that's nice. Uh, these scientists are working to extend the lifespan of pet dogs and their owners. The Dog Aging Project will trial potential anti-aging drugs among groups of pets. How do we feel about that? I don't feel... I don't think that's good. I don't think that's a good thing. Of course, of course, we would like our pets to live longer, but that's not our thing. That's not we. No, 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 no. It's not our thing to mess with, really, is it? Because for one thing, you know, an animal can't consent to whether it lives longer. And yeah, no, I don't think that's quite the... Well, let's read on a little bit and see, rather than uh, making an instant judgment. Let's see if we can get some, some more information here. I think that was all that was said. Um, yeah, these scientists... The Dog Aging Project will trial potential anti-aging drugs among groups of pets. The first being studied is... Rapamsin, Rapamsin, a drug that has been found to extend the lives of flies, worms, and mice in the lab. Yeah, no, I'm. I. I don't. I don't approve. I'm not on board. I'm not on board. Uh, but here's one: genetic heart conditions could be cured for first time with a single jab. Quote, it's a defining moment. Armed with a big research grant. Wow, that's that's um that's 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 science, isn't it? Sorry. <laughs> Armed with a big research grant, a crack team of scientists will seek to develop an injectable game sorry, gene therapy to cut one of the most horrible diseases imaginable. Genetic cardomyopathesis. Myopathies. Oh, I was close. <laughs> I was close. Genetic cardiomyopathies uh, make up a group of diseases that are generally passed on to offspring at 50-50 chance and result in faulty genes causing heart failure. So, I know, I think, more than one person with a congenital heart defect. So that feels like that would be interesting and positive news. Uh, that that at least there is uh, there are developments. As someone with a disability, I I do occasionally 
have a little uh, chat with Dr. Google to see if there is anything uh, that can be done for, for my particular thing, but it's very unlikely because you have to be very, very, very tiny. Oh. Because it's all optic nerve stuff. Um, what else have we got here? Ah, oh, Dolly Parton's always good for good for a bit of news. Dolly Parton celebrates her immigration... Oh, sorry, my... Yeah, like I just said, optic nerves, isn't it? Isn't it, though? Dolly Parton celebrates her Imagination Library program. A total of 186 million books have been mailed out since Parton launched the program in 1995. That's books with a double O-K, not bucks. You get it. Uh, let's have a look at the uh, the full article here and find out what Dolly's up to. Show reader. Thank you. Dolly Parton never imagined her book giveaway program would amount to much more than helping children in her native Sevier County. I don't know how you say that. Uh, Tennessee. Um, Oh, I made I made that sentence very difficult for myself there by interjecting. Dolly Parton never imagined her book giveaway program would amount to much more than helping children in her native Sevier County, Tennessee, learn to read. But over the past 27 years, millions of young children across the globe have enjoyed a free Dolly book every month. Uh, her appearance alongside Governor Mike... Devine, uh, DeWine and First Lady Fran DeWine also served as a celebration. Oh, no, 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 no. Few government programs are as universally praised as the Imagination Library, which mails free books to Ohio children aged zero to five. And few celebrities are as uh, university, universally beloved as Dolly, a self-described lover of reading who takes pride in being known by younger generations not as a country music icon, but as the book lady. The Imagination Library is an unmitigated success for the DeWines, whose uh, state... Well, I don't care about DeWines, right? No, no one... Sorry. No one, not, not interested in DeWine. Um, I'll, I'll have a glass of DeWine later. 48% of eligible Ohio children receive books, or more than 343,000 kids in total. Through Franklin County's participation rate is, uh, though that, that rate is considerably lower. And I'm sorry, I'm yawning again. Yeah, that's, that's very cool. Like, that's, there's a woman who, it seems, can do no wrong. Uh, so, well done to Dolly. I used to love uh, that we had the Scholastic catalogue that would come every month at school, primary school. And I used to enjoy just sort of paging through that at the library. We had, we had So I, I went to a very, very small school as a, as a nipper. There were six kids in my class and about 30 kids in total in the school. Um, and, I mean, about 10 years. Probably less than that, actually. What would I have been? I was 11 when I left. So, yeah, maybe, maybe eight, nine, nine-ish years later, uh, that school closed down. Um, I think it was Blunkett. Blunkett tore it down. 
Uh, well, he didn't. He didn't tear it down. He probably just lost funding. Um, but uh, I, I remember specifically old Blanco. He was the uh, education secretary at the time. Old Blanco uh, <laughs> was to blame. Um, but yeah, it had a, it had a tiny little library, which was just you know, uh, not much bigger than my living room, <clears throat> and it had a table. And it had, um, yeah, some, you know, some books. Um, and I, it was weird, actually, because I think, I don't know why. I'm sure there was a reason. But there was, there, there would be time when you're, when, when a class would just happen in the library. And I'm trying to think, would it be the same teacher? I think sometimes it would be. Well, sometimes it wouldn't be. Because that's the you know the thing about primary school, isn't it? It's, it's usually the same teacher does most or all of the lessons, usually apart from PE or maybe art. Sometimes art is done by a different teacher. Um, but yeah, there was like a there was like a special library teacher. Uh, she wasn't a librarian. Um, I say she because you know all of the teachers, bar the headmaster at my school, were women. Um, all the dinner ladies were women too. Um, yeah, it was literally just the headmaster. Huh. Anyway, it's not that uncommon, I don't think. Back in my day. Um, yeah. But I used to enjoy paging through the Scholastic uh, book catalogue and seeing what would be available. I don't remember. I'm sure I got a book a month uh, or, or so many books a month because I'm sure they were discounted. Um and, you know, my parents would have sent off for them. I think that's how it worked. You paid for them. Don't think you got them free. Um, I remember wanting the Asterix and Obelix books. I don't know if I'd seen the cartoon, the TV cartoon, or if I just knew about them, or, or I was just interested in them. I thought they were fun characters. Um, but I was advised against them because they would be very difficult to read with my uh, with my uh, less than stellar eyesight, and I think they were probably right. It's one of the reasons I never really got into comics. Very very difficult to read comics when you're a kid if you don't have uh, good eyesight and and you know uncorrectable uh, eyesight. Or if you yeah you get it. Um, but I remember sitting in the library and listening to one of the teachers. I'm sure it was our same teacher. But we just went into the library for this story, reading 101 Dalmatians. I'd already, I hadn't, I don't know if I'd seen the film, but I knew of its existence. And I knew the song. Cruella de Vil, Cruella de Vil, if she doesn't scare you, no evil thing will. I knew that from, I had a tape of, uh, of Disney songs. It was like Disney songs performed by different. There weren't the original. I don't know what what the deal was. I never actually looked close enough on the on the tape cover to to understand the provenance or the you know the what was the meaning of this. Um, but they were because I think I did have a Disney tape that was original songs. Might even have had a few. But then there was this one, which was like all covers. And I, I wasn't, with the ones I knew, I wasn't really down for it, if you know what I mean. Um, 
There's the Thomas O'Malley, O'Malley the uh, Alley Cat, which I quite enjoyed. Uh, and I like that cover. It had an almost, um, if you'll permit me, I shouldn't really do this. <clears throat> but a sort of Louis Armstrong, you know, O'Malley the Alley Cat, you know. I shouldn't do it because it's basically racist, because I'm doing a voice. It's not so much the, the gruffness. It's, you know, there is an accent. As the trees of green, clouds of white, the bright... I shouldn't do it. Um, it gets worse, actually, when... <laughs> just, between, just between us. I do enjoy doing the cruise from Dumbo. And that is proper, like... I'm not going to do it now, because it is. it will get me cancelled, and rightfully so. Because I'm pretty sure the gentlemen that were doing it were white... But they were very much not playing uh, white characters. Um, yeah, if you don't know what I mean, that's fine. But there's, you know, it turns out there was a lot of racism in Disney films back in the day. Um, there are certain voices that are just, they're just fun to do and you mustn't do them. You, mu you mustn't do them. Um, although I do enjoy uh, singing modern day songs to my nephews in the voice of Louis Armstrong because they know... They've heard his voice, you know. Cause, I mean, my my favorite, genuinely, one of my top five songs is "We Have All the Time in the World." We have all the time in the world. I love it, genuinely. Um, and I also enjoy singing songs that are not by Louis Armstrong in a Louis Armstrong voice. These things amuse me. I've been riding shotgun underneath the hot sun, feeling like someone. And now it's it's drifting further away from from Louis. I think it's just becoming like a muppet. So I can only apologise to the memory of Satchmo. Gosh, books though. Hey, what books? <laughs> Done a lot about books for the last couple of days, haven't we? It's been it's been good good book talk and cassettes. I mean that's the other thing. As well as doing the the scholastic books at the library at the school library, um, my my mum was always really good at like I went swimming with my dad and then my mum would take me to the library on a Saturday, um, and I trying to remember much about my local library when I was a wean. Because where I am now, because we, where, well, yeah, the high street of where I am now is I was there for 10 years. No, well, they were there for 20s. I was there for about 10 years. Um, and uh, and so that, you know, that was my library for, for a while. And that's where I really did a lot of my formative um, book on taping. You know, that's where I discovered Eddie Izzard. Um, it was, ooh, it wasn't Dressed to Kill. Uh, definite article it was definite article I had never heard I'd heard of Eddie Izzard but I'd never seen his stand up and I don't yeah I'd seen him on the BBC were doing what they often do they're, they're doing it right now because it's a hundred years of the BBC so they're crowing about that uh, that's, that's what they might um but this was, well, how old am I now? Could have been 
No, it would have been more than 20. Maybe it was like 70. It was probably 75 years of the BBC. That's probably what it was. Um, and, and they just had these... Maybe it wasn't even for anything, but they just had these little... They just put it on these because the BBC doesn't have ads, and so uh, if they didn't, you know, they didn't have anything in between a couple of programs, they would just put on these little, almost like vignettes, and it was like little talking pieces. Um, and Eddie Izzard had one talking about a TV show here called Blue Peter, um, and how because again the BBC can't be seen to be in any way um, commercial or have any kind of commercial. Uh, interest things like sellotape they wouldn't call it sellotape they would call it sticky back plastic for years i didn't know what sticky i thought sticky back plastic was a special thing and i you know i thought it would like it would come in giant sheets but they meant sellotape um i mean if they'd have said sticky tape probably would all right probably would have been fine if they'd have said sticky tape it would uh, that, that would have, that would have been all right but they called it sticky back plastic um which is which is ridiculous anyway he was commenting on that. And that was sort of my only... And I, I have this thing where I really resent it. And this conversation I've had with, with friends, like uh, a friend of... Well, a fellow lighthouse keeper, a fellow... What was the word we used? Gutter or something? No. Um, but yeah, Brendan uh, and I, we, we've spoken at length about my whole... like. Don't present someone to me fully formed and expect me to know who they are. I resent it. I, I can't tell you why, but I do. I'm like, don't just like appear as like I'm supposed to know who you are. They tried it with Johnny Vegas. Um, I really like Johnny Vegas now, but when when he arrived, so Johnny Vegas, if you don't know, is a larger than life um, Northern English comedy performer. He was a poet. Actually, I'm not sure if he was a poet. He was a potter. Uh, and he was a sort of yeah big big gregarious performer, uh, and he's he's lots of fun to watch, and he just has like he's one of these people just just he can just come out with a line that's just it's somehow bleak and also you want to give him a cuddle and it's just it's great, um, and but he he appeared just as like a spokesperson for Sky ah oh, some. Yeah, it was like, um, it was ITV Sport. No, ITV Digital. So ITV are one of the, the bigger uh, commercial TV networks. I love explaining this stuff. I'm sorry. I really I really enjoy it. But one of the bigger TV networks uh, here in the UK, it's called ITV, is called ITV. And they tried going digital for a bit. They tried all sorts of things. They've, they've in fairness to them, like, they've, they've tried a few things and then they've gone, no, that didn't work and then got rid of it. And ITV Digital... Um, was like there. Are, I think it was their own service that you could subscribe to, and it didn't work. But if I remember rightly, that's how Johnny Vegas appeared to a lot of people with a small monkey called Monkey, and he was a cloth. He was a cloth monkey, and he was voiced by Ben by the comedian Ben Miller, if I remember rightly. So he had two two comics. Uh, and it didn't matter that you didn't know who Ben Miller was because he was just the voice of a cloth monkey. And it was very much a cloth monkey. Like there was no, <laughs> there, was, there was like he was a, he was a toy monkey. There was no, he was basically a sock, you know, there, there, no, no one was trying to make you believe that this was a real monkey, but he just appeared. And it was, I really got a sense of like, 
I'm supposed to be charmed by and know who this person is. I'm supposed to be in on the joke. And that's what it is. It's like, I'm not in on the joke. I think that's what I resent. It's like, you all think that I'm in on, like that there is a joke to be in on here and I'm not in on, in on it. And I like stop trying to, you know, and it's, ve- I think that's what it is. It's very in-group, out-group. It's my perception uh, of it is, you know, it, it appears that, that someone's gone, hey, how about that person? You know that person from that thing? And it's like, no, I don't. Oh, you should know that person from that thing. They're from that thing. <laughs> um, but the weird thing is, so ITV Digital failed, and then Johnny Vegas and Munker came back advertising PG Tips, tea bag company. So now Monkey is associated with PG Tips. Now, I don't remember if he carried on doing the ads, but Johnny Vegas stopped doing the ads after a while. Um, but yeah, Johnny Vegas and Monkey advertised PG Tips, and before they advertised ITV Digital. I'm sure that's how it went. Um, but Eddie Izzard was slightly one of those, like, I'm supposed to know who you are, and, and I don't. It's funny how that works, though. Because I don't know about you, there's people I can think of from my childhood that were sort of just always there. And I can't... Like, if I think about Rick Mail, wonderful Rick Mail, the only memories I have of Rick Mail properties are, are, are saying to myself, I can't wait to watch that. It's got Rick Mail in it. And everything I can think of is that. Like, everything that Rick Mail... Like, um, the film he did, Drop Dead Fred, like, I watched it because it had Rick Mail in it. Uh, there was a, a cartoon, the, to- you know, to- Toad in the Hole or whatever it is, the, the Toad thing, Toad of Toad Hall. Um, and I wanted to watch that because Rick Mail in it was in it. There's a children's TV, a children's book reading show where a, a story reading thing, a little bit like maybe the that thing with LeVar Burton that they have in America. Maybe it's a bit like that. It's called Jack and Ori here, and you know a celebrity comes on and, re- and reads a book to a kid to the the, the viewing uh, children. And Rick Mail did one of those. I, I think he did a series, and and I and I got up early to watch them. Um, the young ones. I'm wondering maybe is maybe the young ones where I first heard about him. I don't know. It doesn't feel right, but and, may, and that's the only thing I can think of is maybe the young ones was this thing that I'd seen and I somehow just gravitated towards Rick Mail's character, but I know I still think I knew who Rick Mail was. I, it's 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 a weird one, and it specifically seems to be Rick Mail. Like I'm trying to figure out what was the genesis point, what was the nexus point, what was the you know the power on sequence where my brain went, this is this is a person you you should take note of who this person is. You will later discover that this person is called Rick Mail, and he and his name is spelled weird, and I can't find he was just always. But it's the fact that all the properties. I can think of, I watched specifically because they had Rick Mail in it. I find that fascinating. I'd love to know, is there someone like that for you? Is there someone where you're just like, they've always been there, but you you watch their, their stuff 
because it had that person in it and you can't remember the first time where you're like, I need to know who this person is. You must tell me. You know, I, I can remember watching John Cleese for the first time. Well, okay, I can remember consciously knowing that it was John Cleese. I'm sure I would have seen him in things you know, beforehand, but it would have been Faulty Towers. Um, and I, I, I'm pretty sure... It was it was an episode of Faulty Towers, but maybe maybe it was a one of the Python things. Um, it may it, it probably was actually because oh, I t- tell you a very very quick story. Um, so I think that CD that I told you about a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, that was filled with viruses. Well, that had I think it was that CD. No, no, it was another CD. So my, my dad, uh, I, I begged my dad to subscribe to a monthly magazine called PC Plus. Uh, you could either get the floppy disk edition or you could get the CD-ROM edition. And I, I, I begged and pleaded with my dad. And God bless him, he did. Uh, I'd just say, he it was a shared household. Um, but my mum wouldn't have, like, done it off the bat because um, she couldn't give a stuff about computers whereas my dad had a little bit more interest i think and so there was probably some persuasion around and whatever but um yeah so i i i i think i talked my dad up to the cd version and the first issue that came i think had uh, a sampler of four games by the game studio seventh level i think they were called and they made they they licensed monty python games and so the first introduction to monty python i ever had was a game called monty python's complete waste of time which is not even the first monty python game that ever existed there was one for the commodore uh, the commodore 64 uh, i believe that existed uh, called monty i think it was called monty python's flying circus and i've played a little of it but monty python's complete waste of time very difficult to understand how what it did and what it was for it was just it wasn't really a game it really wasn't i don't think you could win it um I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't, I don't, I don't see how you could win the game. You just clicked different things, and little characters popped up and did sketches. It would be like very, very low res version. They did a very good job uh, back in the day. I mean, you know, uh, and and it was just lots of sketches and bits of uh, of Python that would just pop up and some of the animation and stuff, and it was quite cool. And that was actually my first introduction to Python. All right, well. That is about our time, and I am very grateful to you for spending it with me. Um, I started off with a with a sort of complaint about marketing, uh, and I've been on a push for the last couple of days to try and shift some units of a thing, and uh, I just thought I'd have a quick check, just, you know, to round this discussion out. I haven't shifted any units. <laughs> but you, cat. You must stop that. Sorry, I had to tell my cat off. He's destroying my carpet. So listen, this has been... This has been uh, thank you. Uh, I've enjoyed our time together, and uh, I will be here again tomorrow, where we will do Throwback Thursday. So I'll think about... Uh, I'll have a little think about uh, a little story. But uh, I hope you're okay with kind of... I think the, the way to do the... Um, the the you know each day being a theme is just to give us something to either fall back on or to spring off from you know a couple of stories if that tweaks something that we can have a chat about then then lovely and that's as pete holmes says it's just an excuse to be together so with that 
I will thank you uh, for, for a third time. And I will remind you with all the love and the kindness that I possess that as long as you can hear me, you exist. And because you exist, you are entitled to love and to be free from pain. Yes, even you. You are wanted. I've got it. I've I I oh, I've I got it. I got it wrong, didn't I? Um you are Oh no. <laughs> now now it's it's yeah. So so what happened is I distracted myself by trying to be funny. And then I messed the whole thing up. And now I've disappointed everyone. So what's going to have to happen is we're going to have to have a reset. Um, because, you know, I can't, I can't end it like this. That's just rude. Um, but yeah, we will, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll bring this, we'll bring this plane in for a, for a, for a softer landing. And I will, I will not joke because this is very serious. I will remind you that as long as you can hear me, you exist. And because you exist, you are entitled to love and to be free from pain. Yes, even you. You are connected. You are wanted. You are safe. And you are welcome. <laughs>